Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I hope you are enjoying a nice Valentine's Day. It's interesting to me how many emails I get from people who say they have used a wishing machine to find a mate with great success, uh, especially those who go to my website and get the sigil for love and place that onto the wishing machine. I get story after story every year, especially around Valentine's Day, of how people have had success with this. But you know, here is the, the, the trick, here's the key. If you're going to use a manifestation device like a wishing machine to attract that special someone, you should not focus on a particular individual. Because if you do that, well, then you're becoming obsessive and you're cutting off options. Instead, what you want to do is wish for the right person that's going to appeal to your desires. Now, you can symbolize that by using a a reference to an individual. Like, for example, let's say you have a picture of an actor or actress that you find desirable. Well, you can use that picture to represent the kind of qualities that you associate with that person. Now, granted, unless you happen to know that actor or actress, you probably don't even really know anything about that person. But that doesn't matter because what we're talking about here is you tapping into the illusion that is created by how that actor or actress presents him or herself in movies or whatever. You're just using this to capture a concept. It's not literally fixated upon that individual. So whatever kind of characteristics, oh, this guy is romantic or uh, this, this lady is attractive or whatever it is, you can you can pull you know examples of that from pop culture to help you sort of envision what kind of person would be the right kind of person for me and if you do that then you're sending out the right vibe and you can open all kinds of different doors and possibilities and opportunities that you probably haven't even thought about and you might be surprised when that person just shows up on your doorstep one day. I mean, I, I've heard stories like that. So, yes, you can manifest whatever kind of a relationship you want if you do it properly. And it, that's the thing. It's like when you're using a wishing machine, you have to realize it's like a computer. It's like garbage in, garbage out. You know, it's the same thing. So you have to be, you have to put the right type of message and energy into the machine in order to get what you want. And so that's why education is a big part of using devices like that effectively. But anyway, I know plenty of people out there are thanking their wishing machines and their psionic manifestation devices today. So that's wonderful, nice to know. Uh, You may wonder what I'm up to on this Valentine's Day. Well, I'll tell you, here in Las Vegas, believe it or not, it's very rainy and dreary. And... I'm not really doing too much of anything special here on February the 14th, and I'll tell you why. Uh, In three days, on February the 17th, Lauren and I will be celebrating our wedding anniversary. We've been together for 22 years, but 
we dated, so to speak, for 10 years before we tied the knot. So this will be our 12-year wedding anniversary. And uh, we had a wonderful wedding in Asheville, North Carolina, in front of a big scenic view of the Blue Ridge Mountains. All of our great friends and family were there. My cousin, Bucky Hanks, is a minister. He officiated everything. And he is the father of Micah Hanks and Caleb Hanks. So all those guys are cousins. We're all related. And um, so after the wedding, we went to this beautiful haunted house, (laughs) which was at that time operating as an inn with a nice restaurant. And uh, we had a great meal. And then at uh, the end of the reception, or, or I guess toward the end, um, Bucky Hanks and Micah and Caleb, who are phenomenal musicians, they got up and performed for us uh, all kinds of great, you know, uh, like down-home bluegrass and country and just, you know, really authentic Appalachian-type music and some fun stuff. And it was just uh, it, it was just an all-around positive experience. It was snowing that day. And so afterward, Lauren and I told everybody... Thank you for coming. We love you. And then we got in the car and we drove away in the snow. And we drove down to this little scenic island off the coast of Florida called Amelia Island. And that's where we celebrated our honeymoon. And you know what? Despite the fact that during the wedding, I was very sick with a cold. (laughs) And Lauren soon picked up my cold she probably got it from the wedding kiss uh during our honeymoon we were actually pretty sick the whole time but we stayed so doped up on medication and stuff we didn't let that hold us back and we got out and had fun adventures and explored the island got on a segway for the first time and rode around the island so it was it was just a a great experience so we uh, you know, we have people who ask us all the time, well, did you get married on February the 17th? You know, because it's so close to Valentine's Day. That's what most people would presume. But no, actually, we got married on February 17th because that was when we were both free. <laughs> okay, that shows you, not surprisingly, how busy that uh, that I especially have always been. But, uh, you know, it was... Um, it, it was it was fun for us to be able to to do something that close to Valentine's Day when people are thinking about that. So what we do now is we kind of wrap Valentine's Day up into our anniversary day. So we usually go do something special around February the 17th. And uh, so in a few days, Lauren and I are going to go um, go somewhere and and have uh, you know a little special trip. Uh, to celebrate our 12-year anniversary, a wedding anniversary. But um, it's funny, the other day we were wanting to go to a restaurant. And, of course, in Vegas you have a million restaurants all over the place. And I was um, I was trying to figure out where this restaurant was because a lot of these restaurants are in big casino resort areas. And so I was looking at this one area of town called Summerlin and uh, I knew that the restaurant was somewhere around there and I was like hmm so I I went to look up some of the 
casinos and the restaurants that are inside the resort casinos. And there was this one place I went to and uh, online to see if this might be the, the place. And Google says, oh, you visited this place five months ago. I was like, really? I don't remember that. Well, I guess it's not that place because I, I know I'd never been to this place before we were planning on going. So I was like, oh, well, that's strange. So then I looked up another uh, resort casino. And Google said, uh, you you visited this place eight months ago. And I said, Jesus, if I am running from the law, I know the first thing I'm doing, I'm throwing this cell phone out in the in the ocean, right? It's amazing how technology is tracking us these days. And so I was thinking about the fact that um, it's nice. It's nice to know if you're if you're kidnapped or you run your car off in a ditch or something like that. There's a very good chance that if you've got your cell phone with you, you'll be found. But it's incredible just how your life is being tracked in ways that you don't even remember. Like I didn't remember that I'd been to this place or that place, but Google knew it. It wasn't like that I had gone in and, you know, kept an online diary, but Google just knew it. It just knew it. And there's no telling what else that technologically is known about us. And so I am going to uh I'm I'm going to take advantage of some of that though because it's possible that some of the areas that we're going to be around on this trip we're going to take is an area where I have had some very paranormal experiences before, but I can't remember exactly where I was, so I'm hoping that Google will guide me. I don't want to say where I'm going to be at this point, but I will let you know, of course, soon enough. But it is intriguing. In fact, I want to get into a, a technology story, NASA has released a video that reminds me a lot of Cupid shooting his arrow into the heart, as a matter of fact. Have you ever wondered about that? Why that Cupid is depicted that way? I was doing a little research on that, knowing that I would be talking to you here on Valentine's Day. So I got online. Cupid says in classical mythology means desire. Uh, He is the god of desire, erotic love, attraction, and affection. And he is the son of the love goddess Venus and the war god Mars. So that's why you have that combination. The war god gives him, you know, the bow and arrow. And then Venus, the love god, gives him the power to shoot targets with that bow and arrow so they will fall in love and uh, when it comes to attributes says Cupid is winged allegedly because lovers are flighty and like to change their minds and he is boyish because love is irrational his symbols are the arrow and the torch because love wounds and inflames the heart And uh, sometimes Cupid is even depicted as blindfolded because they say that uh, the sight of the beloved can be a spur to love. 
So anyway, it says here, Cupid carries two kinds of arrows or darts, one with a sharp golden point and the other with a blunt tip of lead. A person wounded by the golden arrow is filled with uncontrollable desire, but the one struck by the lead fills aversion and desires only to flee. Hmm. So you got to be careful, see, when you're shooting your, your love arrow out there, you've got to have the right one or you're going to make the person run from you. It says there's a little tale here called Cupid and the Bees. In the tale of Cupid and the Bees, Cupid the Honey Thief, the child god, is stung by bees when he steals honey from their hive. He cries and runs to his mother Venus, complaining that so small a creature should not cause such painful wounds. But Venus laughs and points out the poetic justice that he too is small and yet delivers the sting of love. So there's a bit of background for you on Cupid and why we have that imagery this time of year. But sure enough, there is a video that I'm going to post for you on my Twitter account, released by NASA. And you know, I was just talking about Cupid having arrows or darts. Well, this is called a dart uh, dart collision short video, only about 11 seconds. You may have heard about this. NASA has a program, and it's called DART. And what they are going to do is shoot a projectile at an asteroid to see if they can knock it off course. So that is, if an asteroid were coming to Earth to do some damage this should be able to possibly protect us because you know I guess in 2013 that large meteor came blazing across Russia and exploded and windows blew out and people got hurt and then just recently I believe within the last month or so there was a large object that came in and um, it blazed over Florida and exploded around Cuba. So there are a number of articles about this. One of them here is in Thrillist. It says, over-the-top movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact, they do get across a very non-fictional message. You definitely don't want to be around if and when an actual big honking asteroid smacks into Earth. So NASA... It says it's teamed up with a European space agency to try to knock an asteroid off course by slamming into it with a special probe traveling at four miles per second. The program is called DART, D-A-R-T, the Double Asteroid Redirect Test. Apparently, there is this asteroid floating out there in space called Didymos. And a much smaller rock that orbits it called Diddy Moon. They say that neither of these monster space rocks pose a threat to Earth, that they'll both be 7 million miles away from the planet at their closest point, which is why they were chosen to serve as test objects. And uh, let's see here. It says in terms of size, Diddy Moon 
is about as big as the Great Pyramid in Giza, making it the smallest asteroid to ever be visited by a probe. However, if an asteroid that big were to rocket into the Earth at a typical speed of 19 miles per second, it could potentially wreck an entire region of the globe. So they have this probe that they're going to launch that literally kind of looks like a dart with solar panels on it. They're going to launch this thing between 2020 and 2021. They say that it's going to hit this rock called Diddy Moon in October of 2022. And it should knock it off course. After they do that, they're going to send another probe up there to, to check it out, to see what happened, to see what the crater looked like, and to take measurements of everything. And so um, if you watch this video that NASA put out that's 11 seconds, it, you know, it's computer simulation, so you see... Again, it just looks like two big gray rocks, but one of them kind of does have a bit of a, like a real heart shape. And then you see this little dart-like object with solar panels, and it zooms right toward it, and boom, it hits it, and you see a jet of debris come spewing up, and uh, that's it. So you might think to yourself, oh, that's a, that's a relief, you know, uh, to know that, well, we are now getting to the point where we can sustain life on earth even in the inevitable event of some large object hitting like the one they say killed the dinosaurs however isn't it interesting that they say this project was really conceived of last year which is also when all of this revelation occurred about the Pentagon back-engineering UFO technology and President Trump announcing the formation of the Space Force. And so it may be, it may be, that the same technology that would be powerful enough to fire off into space to save Earth from an asteroid could just as easily be used as a weapon toward an invading spaceship from another planet. What if there is a suspicion out there that we are going to be invaded at some point? And, you know, you can't just come right out and necessarily say, we are going to create a bunch of weapon systems that will defeat the aliens that are coming here to invade us because everybody would panic War of the world style. But, it kind of sounds even sort of boring to say, oh, you know, there's big rocks out there. Once in a while, one's going to come near us, so we just need to be able to shoot something way out there in space and deflect it. You know, Who wouldn't jump on board with that? It's a very rational, scientific way of justifying whatever budgets and technology need to be developed in order to weaponize space. And I guarantee you the space force is probably going to have quite a bit of access to whatever technology is being developed for this purpose. Conspiracy? Yeah. It is a conspiracy. But why not? Right? The Space Force is there to well, to do everything in space. To deflect any harm that may come our way. And especially to the United States. I have no doubt about that. So just something to think about. 
the dart of NASA hitting that big, almost heart-shaped rock, as everybody has got Cupid's arrow firing through their hearts today. Don't forget now, I told you last year that in October, November, around that time of year, a lot of people have birthdays. A lot of people have birthdays, one after the other. And I couldn't figure it out, and then I counted back nine months. You go from February 14th to March to April to May to June to July, August, September, October, <laughs> November, right around Halloween, uh, going into late October, early November, pretty close to Valentine's Day. So keep that in mind as you enjoy your festivities this evening. But that said, um, I do have a lot of work to do. I am editing more on the film from Milwaukee. And um, I want to remind you now that we just have a few more days where I can guarantee you that you can get one of the miraculous prayer boards if that is of interest to you. Um, Oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to tell you about is that uh, after... I talked yesterday on the podcast about uh, all the ghostly activity around Market Street there in Asheville. I became aware of the fact that in 2013, there was a deadly stabbing right there outside of where this ghostly activity is occurring. So in addition to this history of death with the Spanish influenza and all that stuff that I've told you about, as recently as 2013, a 35-year-old man was stabbed to death there. And, in fact, some of the owners from some of the restaurants there, like at Vincenzo's, had to go and uh, testify and as witnesses to certain aspects of what happened. So I keep hearing more and more reasons to believe that that area is haunted, is paranormally active. So I will keep you updated on all that and more. So oftentimes, you know, I'll, I'll do a podcast and then I'll get information and then I'll go and post that as a follow-up on my Twitter account and uh, and my Facebook page. So be sure that you go and, and keep up with my social media to the best that, that you can so you get that kind of follow-up information that comes from what I deliver here. So if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find all kinds of cool stuff. Go to the Curiosity Shop if you're interested in the Miraculous Prayer Board, or if you want to scroll down and see that ghostly footage I was telling you about yesterday. But while you're there at joshuapwarren.com, click the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. Always short, always free, independent, uncensored, and when you click that link, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So, happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>